Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor Podcast, where it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything that you do. And on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about 10 principles to abide by when you travel so that you can avoid headaches and migraines. So traveling, it's the holiday season. A lot of people are going to be traveling. There are 10 things as we think about traveling that we're going to go through traveling for the holiday season. And also when people travel to come see us because people, um, they, they fly, they drive, they come out. We probably have a couple people, two, three people every month that, uh, are flying from out of state to come see us. And one of the thing that's one of the things that's important for you to know as you travel is that we don't want travel itself uh, to be aggravating, especially uh, during the holidays. But if you're coming out for headache or migraine treatment, we want you to um, we want that to be something uh, that's definitely not a trigger. Uh, it can be hard to make traveling a therapeutic thing, as we talked about having time on our side, as opposed to uh, as opposed to being uh, detrimental, increasing neck tension, that sort of thing. So, what we're going to do is break down. Um, 10 principles to abide by when you travel um, so that traveling during the holidays or when you come out to see us uh, is not triggering a headache or migraine, especially if you come out and you're looking to travel back home and you just went through treatment and you're feeling some relief. We don't want you to um, get on that plane, head home and uh, experience a headache or a migraine right after you've uh, come out for treatment. Um, and Side note, pardon my voice. Last week I was, I was very ill and, uh, my, my throat kind of took a beating. And so, um, I sound a little, I guess, nasally or, um, uh, like I'm recovering. And so that's, I apologize for that on today's podcast, but, uh, nonetheless, I want to provide you with valuable information. So let's start off number one. So the, the number one thing that people will find is detrimental to them when they travel is sleeping, whether it's in a hotel bed uh, or in a family member's house or just like an Airbnb, because generally they will not have the, the correct pillow, especially if you are a side sleeper and you know, you need a more supportive pillow. Typically that's going to be a foam pillow. Now it's hard to find foam pillows when you travel hotels. I have not experienced a hotel that provided me with a pillow that I thought was appropriate for side sleeping. And even one night of sleep that has altered your sleeping position, especially the pillow that's supporting your head when you're side sleeping can really be detrimental. And I've experienced this when I, when I travel, um, see family, stay in Airbnb, whatever it might be. I've even stayed at, uh, the Broadmoor in town where they have these awesome, down pillows, but they're just, there's no support to them. And so I'll wake up and I'll just feel like, ah, oh, I, I, I feel off and you don't want to start a vacation day feeling off. And so one of the things I would suggest if you're driving, throw your pillow in the car, there's bound to be a spot for it. If you're flying, it may be worth it just to carry it with you. I don't know if you package it somehow. So it doesn't really look like you're carrying a pillow. If you shove it into your suitcase, um, however you can figure out to actually travel with your pillow. I do think it's worth it for a lot of people to avoid getting a headache or migraine, or at least not waking up with this setback of like, Oh, my neck feels tight. And then days go by. And by the end of your trip, you're feeling awful. 
especially because like we'll talk about in these other principles, travel itself can be an irritant. And so if you get to where you're going, you're already experiencing neck tension and you want rest, um, you want sleep to be a uh, rejuvenating thing and your pillow is important. So number one, consider bringing your pillow. Number two, sitting on on the plane or in your car, you want the quality of how you're sitting to be evaluated. You want that to be uh, on uh, the top of your mind when you're sitting, especially in an airplane. There's not a lot of leg room. Uh, the seats are generally going to be very upright. Uh, reclining, if even if it's an option, it's only like you know the the couple inches. It's always very disappointing when I try to incline or recline my chair. Uh, the back to my chair. So anyway, you want to have both feet on the floor. You want to have your weight through both hips. You don't want to cross your leg or or lean on to the armrest on one side because if you're shifted to one direction, that will provide this curvature throughout your spine, which travels up into your head and your neck. And your neck is going to accommodate because your your head wants to be on this level plane. Your visual system, your brain wants your what's your visual input to be horizontal, and so. Um, your head might be tipped a little bit, or it might be in neutral, but if the rest of your spine is tilted to one direction that can place stress on your neck, especially because we typically do that, um, just to one side. We, we sort of have this repetition, this pattern that we find ourselves in. And so that pattern leaning to, to one side, whatever side you bias is likely going to happen as you're sitting in the car or in the plane, uh, in the car as well. So you can recline in the car. Reclining uh, can be fine. But one of the things you want to consider in the car, again, is sitting upright, not crossing your legs, not leaning to one side, having both feet on the ground. Uh, if you're driving, try not to rest one leg uh, on like the, the car door. So that would be your left side. Try not to just let your left leg rest on the left. Um, try to like feel the floor. Uh, with your right foot, obviously you'll be using the pedals, but, uh, have your weight evenly distributed through both hips so that you're not, um, leaning or shifting and then have both hands on the wheel. So just a little, uh, some things to think about with sitting because sitting is, is probably the number two thing to think about. And again, these are, uh, in what I would say in order of importance. Now there's probably not a huge discrepancy between some of these, but, um, yeah, number one thing that we hear is is change of pillow. Number two, sitting. So three, carrying bags. Um, w- consider the type of bag that you're carrying. That's number one. Uh, number one thing to consider with bags. If you are traveling through an airport, obviously roller bags are great because uh, there's really not too much stress that can be placed uh, through the shoulders or the neck if you're just rolling a bag. But if you're carrying a bag, one, try to avoid carrying bags. But if you are carrying a bag, uh, have it be a nice uh, backpack with two straps. So you might really like that purse um, that you carry around all the time, but especially when you're traveling, if you're holding onto it for longer periods of time, I would ditch that. Just get a nice uh, backpack with two straps And uh, that way your shoulders will thank you. You won't have this increased tension, especially if it's just on one side of your body pulling you into that direction over and over. Again, we have patterns that we live into and will bias aside. And so we'll constantly be doing that one side. Now, if for some reason you have a bag that has one strap, um, cross it over to the opposite shoulder. So you don't want to be, you don't want to have the strap on on the same side as the bag because your shoulder will have to elevate in order to keep the strap from falling off. And so in order to have your shoulders relaxed, just cross the the strap onto the opposite shoulder. 
Okay. Just simple things. These are things you probably knew, but me telling you, um, is going to be the difference in you not acting and and then acting. So acting on these things, me telling you that it is going to make a difference, um, is what I'm trying to do here. So, uh, consider the type of bag you're carrying and then how you're carrying it. Number four, um, sleeping while traveling. I would actually say if you are not like traveling through the night, um, I would just try to avoid sleeping. Sometimes, um, travel, especially if it's like an early morning flight and it's a couple hour flight, people will try to sleep on the plane. I would suggest if you have headaches or migraines and you know, your neck is a problem, I would just suggest avoiding sleeping, um, on the plane because when you're sitting upright and and you're trying to fall asleep, your head is bound to be uh, stuck in one position. And typically that's going to be side bent, maybe a little bit of rotation. That side bending is a really challenging position for people. When we take people through range of motion, side bending is typically the thing uh, that is most restricted with just general range of motion. So if you think about sitting in an airplane seat and trying to sleep, fall asleep and your head's tipped to one side for, you know, even a half hour, 45 minutes, um, you're going to wake up and your neck's really not going to be happy with you. And so try, try to just stay awake. That way you can think about your posture, um, and, and make sure your neck is in good shape. Now, if you do fall asleep, just, um, those, those neck pillows, uh, travel pillows are, yeah, I would say they're helpful. Um, so utilize one of those if you are needing to sleep on a flight, uh, and same thing in the car. Like if you can stay awake, um, great. If you do have to sleep in the car, it's probably a little bit better scenario because you can recline, especially if you're in the front seat. Um, but again, just consider the position of your neck. You want it to be in neutral as much as possible. Even if you're lying back and your head is turned to one side, um, try to support it with, with that pillow that you're bringing along or, um, whatever you can do to make sure it's in neutral. Um, so looking straight ahead, not rotated left or right and not side bent, especially. Okay. Number five, um, the use of your phone. So typically during holidays or breaks, uh, when people aren't at work, they're going to spend more time on their phone. One thing I want you to consider is how you're holding your phone. If your phone is down, your head is going to have to look down, which means your head is positioned forward ahead of your shoulders. So that stress on your neck is increased um, just by looking down at your phone. Now you don't feel that stress. You don't, when you have your head hanging over your shoulders, you don't necessarily think, oh, my, my neck hurts more now. Um, because you've kind of trained your body to deal with that. But the problem is that there's added stress through the joints themselves. And those joints are not going to be very happy with you, which is almost kind of a delayed response. It contributes to the tension already running through your neck. uh, And so you, you will just feel that later potentially, or added on to the compounding stress of travel, looking down at your phone, um, is going to be an aggravant, um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to aggravate your neck. So what I would suggest is holding your phone up at eye level. Um, this might look a little funny, but I just want you to, to hold your phone up at eye level when you're using your phone. This might actually allow you to, to like, it might be uncomfortable enough where you actually take breaks, pause. So if you are, if you're doing something on your phone, that's, that's not necessary. I would also try to just limit the amount of phone time. Um, cause it's not as if, you know, you need to be on your phone, or at least most of us uh, don't necessarily need to be on our phone. Uh, but when you are using your phone, hold it up at eye level. Okay. Number six, um, ch- just know that changes in altitude and pressure are a common, 
common trigger for people with headaches and migraines. And that does happen quite a bit. Um, well, obviously when you're flying, there's going to be a change in pressure in the cabin as you go up to however many thousand feet. Um, but also with uh, altitude changes. So people coming to Colorado, it's uh, likely going to be at a higher elevation than where they came from. And, uh, and so that can impact, uh, their, uh, it's, it's more of the, the body now has something else to deal with. Um, in addition to like the actual pressure that's running through, um, the neck, uh, our head, our sinuses, um, oftentimes people have a hard time regulating pressure within their sinuses, within their inner ear. And so things like dizziness, ear pressure, ear fullness, ear ringing are common um, with travel. And so what I want you to do is try to reduce as much congestion as you can. I know illness is going around, so a lot of people might be stuffed up when you're traveling. Just know that you're at higher risk of experiencing that pressure increase or being sensitive to that pressure change. And so try to clear your sinuses as frequently as you can while you're flying bring some tissues with you. Um, you can also just get your jaw moving because the more movement your jaw has, um, the, the more opportunity there is for the pressure, uh, to be regulated or change rather than it building up just because it's all sort of, uh, stuck and that eustachian tube isn't functioning the way it should. Um, the other thing you can do is, um, there's different tools or devices that you can utilize to sort of relieve pressure within your ears. Um, the other thing to, to understand is that the better your neck is moving, the less stress there is through your neck, uh, the, the less likely you are to experience um, a pressure-related headache or a migraine. Um, just because if, you, if you're going into travel with a lot of stress through your neck and then you add on the another layer of this changing pressure, uh, the joints themselves might not be happy, whether there's inflammation through there. And so that delta, that change from like, um, inside the joint to outside the joint, as that, as that pressure changes, it's going to be, you're going to be more susceptible to actually feeling what's happening in your neck. Um, so whatever you can do to reduce the stress through your neck before your travel is also a good thing to consider. Number seven diet. So oftentimes when you travel, you're going to, um, I mean, when I travel, I want to, I typically think about coffee, getting coffee. So instead of going for the, you know, venti frappuccino, try to find something with less sugar in it. Um, make sure your caffeine consumption is consistent. You don't want that to change too much compared to what you do in a normal week. Um, bring snacks or prepared foods from home, uh, just because, there, uh, yeah, fast foods, airport foods, uh, foods on the road can really, uh, impact whether it's gut health, which we've talked about before on the podcast, uh, inflammation and just the environment that you're experiencing this, this, these headaches or migraines and, uh, that can really be detrimental. Number eight, um, think of a few things you can do on your own as far as like postural stretches, um, or, Things that are specific to just you um, allowing your body to to be upright or reduce the amount of stress that may have just accumulated from travel. So I do think of posture. I think of just getting your chest to open up. There's some good lat stretches that we provide people. Um, there's there's different neck stretches you can do. And actually, one of the things we've done, and this week are uh, sorry, not this week. Um, the, the past week, as I'm recording this, our uh, website is not live yet, and that's why um, 
the exact date of that going live is still up in the air, but our new website will have the option of you to register for our course. Um, our course will provide you with, with the specific exercises for the neck that we recommend that um, are generally um, safe and effective for people with headaches and migraines. And so that can be a great way for you to just have some tools in your tool belt as you travel. Number nine is to strategize um, as you're on vacation when you will walk or incorporate exercise. So I do want you to think about just walking, um, taking breaks, getting some movement, uh, and then exercise. If you can incorporate exercise, whether that's at a hotel, going on a morning run, whatever that might be, I want you to incorporate exercise as you travel as well. Um, and then number 10, and this is sort of like all-encompassing. Uh, I want you to believe that you can control your experience. So oftentimes people just feel so hopeless and helpless that um, it's hard to believe that just these simple changes can really have an impact. But it is important for you to believe that these will um, make a change, that you will be healthier, that your body will thank you for it. Now, even if you do all of these things right and you and you listen to what I say, and you implement what I've said, and you still get a migraine, um, that's okay. That doesn't mean that one, it doesn't mean that this is not your problem. Two, it doesn't mean that these things are not healthy for you. So even if you're not seeing um, the benefit of these little changes, continue with it, stick with it, because almost every patient we see has trained their body in the opposite direction for years and years. And so you need to start incorporating these healthy habits, um, on a daily basis. And when you travel, uh, it, more regularly so that, and then you just give it time, give it time to see, uh, to see any changes. Um, and so don't expect necessarily an immediate impact and don't be discouraged. Uh, if you do these things well and you still end up getting a headache or migraine, cause travel can just be really hard. It can be really hard with, uh, disrupt disrupted sleep patterns, uh, with change in time zones, uh, with those pressure changes, you do have to sit, uh, especially if you're flying, well, flying or driving. So all of these things that you can't necessarily control are there, but control what you can control. And then I want you to all have a wonderful holiday season where you don't have to worry about headaches or migraines, but just know, uh, if you do, and they, they sort of plague your holiday season, uh, we do want you to reach out to us so that we can help you. Uh, we do have the virtual course, the headache and migraine masterclass, which uh, provides you with a deeper understanding, um, insights into specific exercises, and then also insights into who to find if you're looking for a provider uh, and kind of a framework there. And I would love for you to access that if you're out of state and you're not able to come see us, if you're thinking about come seeing us, but want to take the next step that's on our website. Uh, and you can go and get started today with that course. Uh, thank you for, so much for listening to the headache doctor podcast. Um, happy, um, Thanksgiving holiday season, looking forward to Christmas. I hope you all are enjoying your holidays and uh, are traveling well uh, and not experiencing headaches and migraines as a result of that travel. Thanks again for listening to the Headache Doctor Podcast.
Hey guys, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. I know that you have a lot of options in how you spend your time and how you consume information around headaches and migraines. I just wanted a quick ask because the only way that we grow this podcast and continue this mission is if you subscribe, share this podcast, and of course, leave us a five-star review. Those are cherished and it makes my day when I see someone's story come through as a five-star review and how this podcast podcast has been able to help you. Thank you so much again for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast, and I'll see you next week.